This is the Music Publishing Podcast with your host, Dennis Tobensky. Join Dennis in his weekly nuts and bolts conversations with composers, performers, and other arts professionals as they navigate their careers as concert musicians in the 21st century. And now your host, Dennis Tobensky. everybody and welcome to the music publishing podcast uh today i'm doing my very first thing with not just one-on-one i've, I've got a whole uh gaggle of guests today uh the these are the co-founders uh, right now it's four of the five and soon we'll have five of five of the co-founders of uh rhymes with opera welcome you guys this is really fun to have you here Thank you. Yeah. so many voices <laughs> um so why don't you guys um introduce yourselves and introduce the company. Um, uh, George, I'll let you, you get things started here. Sure. Uh, my name is George Lamb. I'm one of the co-artistic directors of Rhymes with Opera. And um, let me just tell you a little bit about the company itself. Yeah. We were founded in 2007 uh, with two composers, uh, myself and Ruby Fulton, and also three singers, um, Robert Merrill, Elizabeth Halliday, and Bonnie Lander. All five of us, uh, we went to the Peabody Conservatory at some point in time. Uh, some of us overlapped with each other. Uh, and, and we founded this company. Um, really, our mission is to create an ensemble of artists, including uh, singers and instrumentalists, who are going to commission and produce new operas. Uh, and, and we commission and produce new operas uh, especially for this group of artists. Um, and we, we do that uh, currently in New York City. Um, nice. And that's that's what we do. And just a brief bit about me. I'm a I'm a composer. I'm based in New York, and I'm also um, I teach at York College CUNY. Nice, nice. Who's next? We'll go. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I'll go. Um, hi, I'm Elizabeth Halliday. I'm a soprano, one of the co-founders of Rhymes with Opera. Um, yeah, I've been involved uh, since the beginning, and as well as being one of the singers of the ensemble, I do a lot of the administrative work when I'm not working with Rhymes with Opera and gating around the city. At this point, I do exclusively contemporary classical vocal repertoire. Uh, Yay. And, uh, my, my main goal in my professional career is to continue to work with living composers, either to commission music from them that's written specifically for my instrument, uh, or to help them realize music that hasn't yet been uh, formed. Nice. I've been doing that for about nine years, and it's been a blast. Awesome. Yeah, I'm Robert Merrill. Uh, I met George when I was at Peabody, when about 2000, when did we meet George? 2005, four or five, yeah. Four or five. Uh, and so we've been friends since then, and um, I'm a baritone. I went to Peabody for singing. I moved to New York City in about 2006, and since then I've worked uh, mainly with Rhymes' Opera, um, but also with some small companies here in town. Um, in addition to my work in contemporary uh, art music, I DJ around town for about the last eight years, and I've DJed uh, just all over the place. <laughs> and uh, I also work at Mount Sinai Hospital as what's called an IRB analyst, so I'm a regulatory specialist uh, in clinical subjects research. I was looking at the microphone just now, like explaining to the microphone what I <laughs> So yeah, I have an extremely varied uh, musical career and day job career, so that's nice. <laughs> um, Hi, um, I'm Bonnie Lander. I live in San Diego. I'm a soprano with Rhymes with Opera, and I went to Peabody with 
Ruby and Elizabeth um, back in the day and, and sort of found my footing in contemporary perf music performance. And now I'm getting my doctorate at UC San Diego and moved to San Diego in 2011, which is kind of a long time ago. <laughs> and um, since coming here, I've gotten involved in creative practice and composition. And actually, I'm writing a piece for Rhymes of Opera this spring doing nice. improvisation um, opera. Cool, cool. So that's all we have right now. Uh, Ruby is uh, looking for a, a, a better Wi-Fi connection, so she will hopefully join us soon. So, um, so guys, why, why don't you tell uh, tell everyone a little bit about like how you operate as a company, uh, just sort of the things that you, the sort of projects that you uh, you try to foster, and uh, and and uh, you're the ensemble that you work with, uh, and all that sort of stuff. Sort of a stuff. That's a great phrase. Sort of, th sort of thing. That sort of stuff. That's just, uh, you know, it's it's Saturday. I'm a little hungover. <laughs> Last time it was Monday, Wednesday, and I was a little hungover. So there's a little bit of a theme here. Uh, so yeah, that sort of thing. George, you want to take it? You're the co-ad. Sure, and then you guys can riff on it. Um, so I mean, the way that we operate, I think, is is uh, really great. We have uh, we essentially have uh, the voices of composers and singers uh, working together to to make work. Um, and we are, you know, we're positioning ourselves uh, as as an ensemble in New York City uh, uh, to again, as I said, to commission and produce new opera. Um, we are closing in on our 10th anniversary. We're, we're, we're you know, um, we've been at this by trial and error, <laughs> a lot of error and a lot of trial. Uh, uh, and, and what we've come up with is that uh, the goal is we want to make opera. We want to make opera twice a year. Uh, and I, we want uh, these operas to be new. Uh, mm -hmm. We want these operas to be specifically created for ensemble, and we want a chance for the composer and the and the performers to be able to workshop this over the course of two years. Uh, so, uh, if, I think the best way to tell you and your and your viewers about how we operate is just to give you a snapshot of of what we do. So currently, yeah. we're uh, we're finalizing a commissioning. Um, uh, awarding a new commission. Uh, we are looking at producing our uh, spring main stage uh, for this year. And then we're also looking ahead on uh, wor the workshops and uh, further main stage uh, productions for next year. Uh, all of this is done uh, with the help of the five core members of the group and our very active board. Uh, a lot of the administration currently is, is done by different committees. Uh, we have a board of very varied uh, very varied interests, mm -hmm. and and um, they bring a lot to to our ensemble, and and we're also uh, helped by uh, several interns uh, that are going to come on board. Uh, so we're really at a moment where I think we're finally getting um, getting to a point where we can really make our dream come true of doing doing these two new operas every year. Um, yeah. Okay, so so like I think that you know we kind of like played around with the format of what we were for a long time, and we didn't know if we were going to be an ensemble that played our own instruments and performed our own thing, and we didn't know if we were going to hire out a bunch of different people, and we didn't know. And it was really what like four years ago that we coalesced into this. We made this decision like about four years ago to be like we are going to go uh, like whole hog with this thing. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the format. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to lean down and we're going to like go for this thing. Um, and so it's been about four years since we decided that the two show, mm -hmm. this would be for our ensemble. Um, and is this a good time to talk about the rhymes with orchestra, George? Or sure, yeah. So yeah. Um, 
when we began, we knew we wanted to make opera. Uh, we knew opera, uh, for me at least, the magic of opera is the, the collaboration between a group of instrumentalists and a singers, and you, you get to see both um, mm -hmm. as a theatrical experience. So uh, we in the beginning, in the 07, 08, 09, we experimented with working with other groups. So we, we worked with a saxophone quartet, we worked with a string quartet, uh, and, and commissioned pieces spe uh, specifically for that and our singers. And then about uh, what two three years ago uh, we we decided to um, to just form our own six member uh, uh, orchestra we call it um, there's a violin viola cello saxophone uh, percussion and piano uh, and and these are all uh, people that are really great players and uh, people that are our friends uh, and and we wanted to expand our um, our family to include these people so so the the goal here is then not only to commission pieces for uh, for just the singers and instrumentalists but this ensemble uh, of nine people uh, plus other people that that might might join us as guests and I think this is the, the unique thing and what I'm excited about uh, for Amsterdam Opera because I still haven't seen something like that um, happening in our area or indeed in, in, in the country so this is what we're trying to do. Cool and because when you start um, speaking the same musical language you can develop stuff so much more quickly like we're yeah. not learning each other every time that we do a production we know how we work we know how mm -hmm. we rehearse and the orchestra knows how we sing and our conductor knows how we perform and so you just like, hit the ground running every single time instead of learning yourself. And I think it's it's incredibly valuable first for composers to be presented with actual human performers mm -hmm. um, who they have a dialogue with as they're composing. Um, so they're not writing for a soprano in a vacuum but they're writing mm -hmm. for Bonnie and we've got a whole sheet of all our, our details and we're available to chat and we do a workshop a year out and then additionally we're really fortunate to have George and Ruby as our in-house composers. Mm -hmm. So within a season, we're uh, commissioning one piece from an external source through an open commissions process, and then the second piece is either by George or by Ruby. And at this point, we've been singing their repertoire for nine years, uh, and you've just developed this incredible collaboration. I mean, not just the, the shorthand um, of being able to, to work through things and discuss things, but I think they have an incredibly intimate knowledge of our instruments that I, I don't think anyone else has. It's really been amazing. And that's been really important for me to like give Ruby and George uh, a mouthpiece for their pieces. Because you know, part of the reason we do this is that it's incredibly hard for young composers to get their substage. Mm -hmm. And so give Ruby and George like a guaranteed outlet for um, their vocal music has been really important to me because that's how they're going to become legends in uh, contemporary music. <laughs> Yeah. And if you become legends, we become legends. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That that's great. I think it's I think it is super super smart to to have that core ensemble that you're working with. Um, I've experienced um, work, you know, either working with or, or or just watching other sort of small and smallish opera companies that every time they do something, it's a new group. It's it may be some of the same singers, but it's a, a new instrumental ensemble, and they have to go searching for new players and more players or less players. And I think it's I think that's a wonderful one thing that you're you're really cementing what it is that you're doing. I think that's that's smart. It's like coming home to your friends and getting to yeah. do this thing with your friends again. So yeah, that that's really fantastic. So so. Um, you said leading up to this, you, you you worked with some some specific ensembles, or you you formed specific ensembles, and then finally settled on this. 
Well, in the in our early in our early years, we did a lot more traveling, um, okay. less staging, more traveling. Uh, so what we would do is identify a small ensemble in another city. We were in Hartford. We spent a lot of time in Baltimore and Philly, uh, and we collaborate with a, a quartet that was over there. Um, which was, I think, in part to try and cut down on travel. So we would go to them, yeah. do, do a show, um, and then we'd come back to wherever. I mean, as, as you've noticed, we're not all in the same location, even the five of us. Um, and that's more or less always been true. Uh, and that was really, that was a, a lovely setup. Uh, certainly what it meant was we're not working with the same groups. And also, um, you know, when we worked with, for example, the Stax Quartet, I think there was a sense that what other, what are the other people and groups who are going to use this repertoire for two sopranos, a baritone, or sax? Um, and additionally, could we ever even do it again? Mm -hmm. Because it's such a unique group, and, and yeah. not that current structure a little bizarre, but um, there was definitely a benefit to the consistency of this of this ensemble. Yeah. Yeah. So how how. how how has you, well, let's look back at, at how you guys started. So you started, um, you came together because of your connection with Peabody? Is that largely what, what formed that? Did George and Ruby take that Yeah. One? Sure. Um, well, uh, so, so the, the, hey, Ruby, are you back? You back? I'm back. Yeah. I'm so sorry, but hey. I think I have a really good connection now in a quiet place. Really sorry, you guys. Um, carry on. No problem. Cool. Well, well, since you're okay. here now, actually, why don't we have Ruby, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. Hi. I'm uh, Ruby Fulton, the other co-artistic director of Rhymes with Opera, along with George Lamb. Um, excited to be here talking with all of you. Um, and um, yeah, I'm a composer, and I just started teaching at the University of Idaho. That's my big, no big news this nice. week. Nice. Congratulations. I'm all. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, we all met at Peabody somewhat at slightly different times, but mm -hmm. uh, we all went there and kind of overlapped in way, and that was um, how Rhymes with Opera started. And, um, well, this is uh, fortuitous timing that you, you just got on, because we're, we're, we're going to have a fireside chat at the moment about the beginnings of Rhymes with Opera. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, kids, gather around. Uh, really, the, the, the beginning was uh, Ruby and I we're both uh, undergraduates at Boston University. We're both uh, composers. And uh, for our senior project, uh, we both wanted to write operas. Uh, so for our senior recital, every student at BU needed to do a 30-minute recital. So instead of doing separate 30-minute recitals, we, we decided that each of us is going to do a 30-minute opera, and then we can have a double bill. Uh, nice. and, and we produce our set of operas with um, people, friends, friends old and new with, yeah. uh, from the visual arts of and also in the theater arts division, and our friends, and 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 we put it in, we put it up in our theater uh, at BU, and we we sort of got hooked. And uh, after a few years after that, um, once we were both. Uh, uh, in our doctoral programs, uh, we said, you know, we've always bounced around this idea of starting an opera company. Um, you know, why don't we do it? And little, little that we know um, of what it was going to involve and what it's going to turn into, uh, we decided to uh, just start by getting, um, getting, uh, getting something going. So in 2007, uh, we wrote pieces uh, for Robert, 
uh, and also for Bonnie. And we, we decided to do um, a show in Durham, North Carolina, where I was based uh, for my PhD studies, and also in Baltimore, uh, where Ruby was doing her doctorate. Uh, and from there, uh, Elizabeth uh, joined us about a year later, um, performing uh, the piece that originally Bonnie uh, premiered. Uh, and then uh, from there, we, we, we just kept going uh, now as a, as a three, three plus two. Um, yeah. Thanks. That's, it, it, it's nice that came out of a just sort of a, a school project, hmm. <laughs> and, it, and now it's it's blossomed into this this really sort of I think probably important thing in in the development of of new opera. Well, not probably uh, an important thing for for new opera in you know if not just the states, then then the hopefully the world. <laughs> well, may have noticed I'm the, the incidental member who was brought in because I think Bonnie I it was my sister's wedding I had they planned a gig on my sister's wedding so um, Elizabeth sat in and it's uh, have not managed to get with me since um, but, but of course what that means is that our core singers are two sopranos mm -hmm. <laughs> very interesting grouping that I think a lot of composers um, have struggled with over the years. But luckily, they're two really different sopranos. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> totally different voices. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Just, like, it it was really fortuitous. Elizabeth is a powerhouse, yeah. not only as a singer, but as on the board and running the outreach program in the summers. Like, it, it wouldn't be the same ensemble without her. So it worked out really well. Thanks. Thank you, sister. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, what is it? Once you guys decided to that that this was sort of a thing, that this was going to be a, a, a real thing. How did you start to organize? I'm sort of thinking like it, with there. There are a lot of small companies or small ensembles starting up now that that um, that might want a, a, a bit of advice or or at least see how someone else did their thing. So what were when you started out, what were the, the steps you took um, and maybe some of the missteps <laughs> you took? That's probably, um, there. I'm assuming that there were probably a lot of them because we all do that. <laughs> oh, I mean, initially, I would say George and Ruby were the, were the only driving forces. And I think, at least in the beginning, we would show up for the gigs. Um, mm. And it wasn't until about four or five years ago that it really became you know, the five of us uh, co-run organization. Um, so steps, George and Ruby. I'm happy. Yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly what I was just going to bring up when you said <laughs> not like a misstep per se, but something that we really learned and I think was really important along the way was um, when we started. It was just the two of us, and and it's been a really cool and um, interesting process turning from a two two person doing all the planning mm -hmm. to five people doing all the planning. And of course it's more complicated when there's more people because everyone has their own sets of expectations and and needs and uh, for doing new music uh, or any kind of music, the people actually making the music on the stage of course need to be the planning. So that was, um, I think, something that was important. And maybe five people is just just small enough that we can kind of pull it off mm -hmm. together. 
it's been an interesting journey though, like figuring out how to do that. I'd say the last um, five years or so, we've really been working finals there in terms of trying to run it, run this thing all together. Yeah, you know, I think part of the, the challenge at the beginning um, is as with any chamber ensemble where you're spending so much time uh, with each other, uh, trying to figure out what what we're what we're about, um, I, you you get a lot of the sort of growing pains of like you know transitioning from not just friends but also in and how you work together. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, for something like a string quartet, you know. Uh, uh, that that sometimes it's like you know dramatizes like you know they fight and like you know whatever. <laughs> uh, that's that's definitely part of it. But you know the added challenge for us is that we're working with creating a a thing um, and and then also creating the repertoire for it uh, at the same time. We're trying to create um, a, a repertoire of pieces that we think should be in the in the in the realm of new music, uh, and then also. Uh, promote it, present it, and create a need for it um, yeah. to, to help sustain ourselves. So it's not, we don't have the Haydn's and Beethoven's and Mozart's that we, we can just program, you know, and sprinkle a, uh, sprinkle in a Zanakis here and there to satisfy the grants. Uh, we, 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 we don't, you know, and so part of the challenge and ultimately what is making, making it very rewarding is, um, is figuring that out. Uh, mm -hmm. And from, you know, one of the I guess I mean I I'm trying to think of missteps. There there are plenty and and and. I got I think yeah. I can think of a good one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Go. Well, well, it's pretty. It's almost like when we started, we were sort of a, a cross between a chamber music company and an opera company. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that we really undervalued in the beginning was having the personnel for an opera and not just mm -hmm. a chamber music concert. And I think it took a couple of years before we realized that we really do need a stage manager. We really do need <laughs> someone to do sets and props and lighting uh, and to take care of that. Because when you're starting out and your budget is so small, everybody mm -hmm. wants, you know, all hands on deck. Everybody's doing everything, which yeah. I think for us was sort of exhausting and everyone <laughs> would feel sort of burnt out at the end of it. Like, I did all this work and it was like everyone was equally tired and... Now just, it's over. You know, <laughs> now it's over. So the need to like increase now the budget what I do. because, <laughs> because <laughs> opera is really a very expensive art form when you think yeah. about it. It's not just like you can put on a, a quartet in a hall mm -hmm. that's acoustic and have mm -hmm. that you know have the expenses be sort of limited to you know those limited variables. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a theatrical production. So like the crossover from you know, chamber music production into a theater production was, was I think, a large part of some of the growing pains and the reality TV show that is putting together a new music chamber company. <laughs> Certainly that was, that was when we stopped traveling uh, because mm. basically our board sat us down and said, you guys are out of your minds. You can't take, you know, a nine-person ensemble plus crew from one city to another city. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've had to get creative about our productions and mm -hmm. how, how they would travel and that's sort of one of the cool things about uh, Ruby's recent production is that it's very travelable, travel caseable. Nice. Um, <laughs> <Hello. Yeah. laughs> nice. Yeah, it, it, it's smart that you guys took, well, it's smart that your board sat you down and kind of said, hey guys, um, but also 
I think one thing that a lot of small companies might not, or, or, or you know, ensembles that are, are trying to to do something similar to what you're doing is they don't take stock like that. It's barrel ahead, and um, you know, I I know some some companies, and and one that I think is is in the process of shutting down, um, because they don't they they wanted to do everything. They want they wanted to do the chamber concerts. They wanted you know they they want to do all the things you know we all want to do all the things but um i think what you guys have, have probably learned over the years and, and what i think is making you as successful as you guys are and as you're you know making you will make you more successful is you've figured out your your niche you figured out the thing that you do and and i think that's super super smart um well, and also we've asked people who are really good at what they do to be to do for us what they do really well. Mm -hmm. Like Scott Schneider, our board treasurer, like he's he went to college with me. He's one of my dear friends, and he was a music business major who is a director of I won't say his job, but he's got a really fancy music business job, and he's our board treasurer. Nice. Uh, you know, it's things like that, um, and so we got better at. Um, turning over, I won't say outsourcing because it's all still such a small group of people, mm -hmm. got better at turning over to somebody else what somebody else could do way better than we could do. Yes, I, I think that's that's important. Um, it's something that I'm thinking about just in terms of being a composer right now. Like what What is it that I can give to somebody else that, yeah, I'm going to have to, I might have to pay for it um, or or maybe they'll, they'll, they'll do me a favor or going to be a barter thing, but the things that I shouldn't be doing the things that someone else can do so much better. Um, that's been, been on my mind lately. Um, and faster, right? It's, right? it's not even just better. Oh, it's faster, yeah. Tiny, this tiny little thing, and for us, it's like we spent three months trying to oh. have the budget or whatever, uh, and then, right, someone shows up and is like, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's like putting, putting together a website. You know, you can uh, you can hire someone to do it, or you can spend a year learning how to do it and then do it poorly. <laughs> never do it. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah, or never do it. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah, that that's that's super smart. Um, and and surrounding yourself by by smart people and and listening to them and not saying yeah 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 we know okay I'm gonna still do my own thing. Yeah. Well, and we're, we're super psyched to be bringing on our first ever uh, general manager in about a week and a half, um, which I think for us will be will be really great. Um, first of all, it's just lovely to be able to say that we have one. I think yeah. that just that in and of itself makes us feel a lot more um, legitimate and professional, which we know we are, uh, but it's a nice <laughs> thing to have outward facing. And then secondly, I think to have someone who can look at all the work we are doing and mm -hmm. and help us streamline and, and you know help us give us deadlines so that it's not just us you know driving the machine with the mm -hmm. like it's it's going to be a very exciting year I think because bringing in additional help yeah yeah totally and what what it, now how, what it what is it you think that's allowed you to get to this point? Uh, you know, most uh, ensembles probably um, they they say, oh yeah, it, it's a it's a nice idea to have a, a general manager, but we don't have any money. We can't afford to do that. Um, what is it that's allowed you to to get here? You know, financially and and also just sort of psychologically. Right. I think we were in that questioning place for some time, mm -hmm. like perhaps two years, and, and feeling really stuck because 
how do you bring on extra help without extra help to help you bring on the extra help, right? Mm -hmm. um, and without sounding weird about it, I think basically we just decided that this had to happen, that this was a priority, and mm -hmm. so we were going to do it. Um, but I think also, um, you know, the step of creating a board mm -hmm. and creating a diverse board with officers and also the uh, becoming a 501c3, like we've been taking these incremental steps toward becoming yeah. an organization that would have a development uh, consultant and general manager. And so that was just the logical next step, I think. Yeah, especially after you said you've been to, uh, around in ten, for 10 years. Yeah. 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 Next year, um, I would say, too, um, am I still coming through on audio? Yeah. yeah. Okay, awesome. I turned my video off for a better connection. Um, I would say to just kind of like uh, shadow what Elizabeth just said, there's never enough money to do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Right? There's never enough. It's just impossible. Raising money is really hard, and... So I think we're just like, okay, we have to do this. So we have to have this much money to do this. And that's, you know, and then we'll find a way to get the money. But like, it's like uh, putting the, the, we had, you kind of like, we had to put the cart before the horse and just be like, okay, and now we're going to find a horse, you know? And I think that's, that was hard, that was hard to do. And it, and it took like a couple of years to be brave enough to just say, okay, we're doing this. But I think, um, I think it was the right choice. And, I see and then horse gets has horse babies or whatever, but like it you know, <laughs> next and we a little bit and just say we're just gonna find find this kind of thing. I love that analogy, Ruby, because it's also kind of how we've grown our productions and how we have made our productions in the last few years look a lot more stunning and slick and professional. Mm. And you know, you just declare that you're gonna do it. You set a budget for it. You fundraise to that budget, and then you hire people that can do it. And that like never occurred to me that you could do that. I mean, mm -hmm. probably we had been working towards. I think a goal was four performances of one piece in New York City, and mm -hmm. actually selling tickets for those. And I think for us, that was a really scary idea. We had started with you know one performance in New York, we had grown to two. Uh, but then for George's piece last season, the Dolly Parton opera Heartbreak Express, we just decided we are going to do four performances and, and we think that this will be successful. And fortunately, we sold it out, man. Um, yep, I, I was there. I was there. Okay. <laughs> um, so, right, a lot of it is these leaps of feet are terrifying and I mean, sometimes don't work out. Right. Speaking I mean, of leaps of faith, <laughs> since I see Bonnie on the screen. <laughs> oh, no, she said leap of faith, and I, I thought the same thing. Bonnie, tell us a little bit about what we'll be doing in the spring. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, well, moving to San Diego, just as a preface, was uh, difficult for, for me as far as, like, staying close with the ensemble, obvi mm -hmm. obviously, like yeah. our budget is small and now we have to like have travel funds that are like, <laughs> airfare, you know, it's just, it was just seemed so, um, dom you know, dominating. Of, so um, this was sort of, this is sort of uh, for me, like a, like a love sonnet to the ensemble to try and try and like meld a little bit of what the world for me has been and um, in grad school out and doing my dissertation and getting into experimental music and improvisation with, you know, opera culture, which is, <laughs> you, 
you know, very surely not an improvisational art form, <laughs> almost entirely. So what what we're doing right now is um, developing material and structures for like a 45-minute theatrical piece that has to do a little bit with um, this modern idea of being uh, isolated yet surrounded by people all at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so Robert, Elizabeth, and I are going to be tapping into some Im improvisational, uh, you know, ability that we have and are developing to have um, in order to create, you know, like a, a in order to create a piece that is one part improv opera for non-improvising opera singers, mm -hmm. one part my dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> And third part, you know, compelling dramatic work for mm -hmm. three singers and in an ensemble um, that really, you know, works to capture how do you cope with feeling isolated, needing to reach out and being threatened by actually feeling intimidated about what if you do make that connection and what if you do reach out and then the world you've built for yourself gets destabilized. Nice. Well, I would add, as an ensemble, we've, we've always been really interested in the idea of what is opera. And I know we've done a number of pieces where audience members have said, that was really great, I don't think that was an opera. And we're like, interesting, let's let <laughs> It that. rhymes with opera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think Bonnie's piece is a perfect example of that, where I, I think we all internally are like, here we go doing an improvisational opera, and I can just see the, the outside skeptic saying, oh, fine, but that's not an opera. Uh, and we're excited about it. It just doesn't seem like that far a leap to me. Yeah. Like, and we've talked mm -hmm. about the fact that, like, we've done, like Elizabeth said, we've done things that were, like, really bleeding edge. You know, we did a mm -hmm. trail opera where it was, like, an installation opera where we walked people around a trail and had music installations that they encountered on the trail. Mm -hmm. We've done stage stuff. We've done... Whatever. Opera in a made-up language. Right. And so this, mm -hmm. like, yeah. With puppets. Right. How, is this, how is this any less an opera than anything else we've done? And I, yeah. don't, I don't think that it is, but it's a, it'll be a fun chat, I think, to have with people. It'll be real avant-garde. <laughs> be real new. <laughs> no, I'm excited. I mean, I have to be honest to say that, like, at this moment in our ensemble, where we have had this great exposure on the cover of Opera News, which I still yeah. I'm believing out loud. Um, I love that we are embarking on a season where we are doing some of our most challenging rep. Mm -hmm. that, you know, we're not doing like Papagena and Papagena scenes. Like, we're doing like <laughs> crazy come to this thing and see this thing and I don't even know what it's going to be yet. Yeah. I'm proud of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, pr yeah. I'm proud of us too. It's, 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 a really, it's a really challenging piece. Nice. But we also, that's part of the thing, is that we've been singing together for almost 10 years now, I mean, and so when we perform together and when we improvise together, it's not as if we've never met and we don't know each other's voices really mm -hmm. well. We can put this together with full faith of the chemistry that we've already established. And there's an explicit trust between the three of us that yeah. take risks with each other. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's that's probably one of the... the more important elements of what you guys have is how you you have worked together for so long and you you, you know and understand and trust one another and that can be that can be difficult for I think a new ensemble um, you have to there's that not just the learning curve of 
doing new rap or 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 like really like apps absolutely like didn't exist before new rap but also learn learning each other learning how to operate together as as performers and as is you know business partners yeah absolutely definitely so i, I want to circle back just a little bit um and i kind of want to ask uh how do you guys do your fundraising i'm i'm just thinking like super practical right 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 now <laughs> yeah i mean it's that's a we are in an interesting position. We originally incorporated, incorporated in Maryland because we were jointly Baltimore and New York based. Mm -hmm. uh, and now going through the, the, the tedious process of reincorporating um, in New York. Mm -hmm. And what that has meant over the past two years is just that our, our income is based entirely on individual donors, the generosity of individual givers, because we aren't eligible for state and city funding. Mm -hmm. um, not to mention the fact that we don't have a paid uh, development staff person. Mm -hmm. um, so that is both amazing uh, and also terrifying. Um, mm -hmm. So certainly we have this wonderful core of support that I think began with you know our, our friends and our family, but at this point has grown to include people who come to all of our performances and mm -hmm. really are dedicated fans and supporters. Um, what we will be doing again in just a few weeks is bringing on a development consultant uh, to assess the work that we do internally um, and hopefully give us some greater tools to, to do it better going forward because we, we do, at least for the foreseeable future, plan to continue the development work just through a development committee which is made up of members of our board. Nice. Uh, yeah, does that answer that? Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's that's fantastic. Um, so you 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 set your budgets for your your productions, or for your, probably more for a season. You, you I'm assuming by now you're looking a little more long term, uh, and then you just go to your, go to your people. Basically, <laughs> um, you know, we have with a, an 11 member board. That's really fantastic. They have an obligation to help us out either by bringing people in or by contributing themselves. So we have a, at least a sort of a foundational base going into every season of, well, we know we have, you know, this lump of dollars, unless our whole board quits on us. Um, <laughs> and then on top of that, uh, we do, we are making bizarrely a lot of money in ticket sales in a way that is still helpful. I think we're, we're small enough, uh, certainly if you're the Met, ticket sales are like oh, negligible, but for us, mm. we're small enough that ticket sales are a big part of, of our budget, which is great because we we tend to do really well uh, in the box office. And then we do two letter campaigns you know, to all our donors and potential donors, and we do send out monthly e-notifications you know, with, with stuff that's going on. So it's it's mostly general um, general targeting, and then certainly perspective donors we try and bring to our, our events and our parties. And Have we done one Indiegogo or two Indiegogo? We did one Indiegogo and one Kickstarter. Um, okay. Yeah, we're, so we've done two crowd right. funding things, okay. I believe, in like the last five years, probably. Yeah, one, the first one was The first five, one was six, for five, criminal elements. The second one was for us. Yeah. I mean, we're aware that um, that you can't do too many of those, mm -hmm. um, that it's not actually a sustainable method of fundraising, but we've had basically two projects that really benefited from, from additional support, uh, and those have also been successful. Nice. Um, how, did, how did you find doing those campaigns? Great. 
Um, I, the, the first one was so long ago, and I think was mostly Ruby, Ruby and George, but most recently the Indiegogo. Um, yeah, I mean, they've great. been really useful, but like Elizabeth said, like, it's really easy. Like, you know, it's really useful because I feel like people who can maybe give 5 or $10 and wouldn't want to give you 5 or $10 on the website, mm -hmm. they, like, feel more comfortable, um, and it's a way for you to get uh, your 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 fundraising moment in the public eye, but mm -hmm. it really exhausts your base really quickly um, to be like, we're just doing another Indiegogo to find another book. So, um that's why we really shy away from doing it very often. It'll be a long time before we do another. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, I mean, I think it's, it's. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the great thing about it is getting a whole bunch of new donors on board, like Robert just said. Um, and then just about fundraising in general, thing that. Uh, the cultivation and coming back to people the next the next season, I think, mm. just for maybe for a group that's just getting started, that's huge. However, you can manage to do that, and um, it you know it takes a lot of organizational chops and people yeah. kind of being on the ball about it. But once a little bit one year, then maybe they'll give that same amount the next year, and then if one other person gives the next year, it's like it's a snowball, you know, mm -hmm. um, and. It's a small snowball because we have a lot of people who just give a little, mm -hmm. um, but it's still a snowball. We raise a little more money each year, so, and that's cool to see, and, and even when we're feeling down and out because we haven't raised enough or we're stressed out, I like to go back and just remember, well, wait a second, our budget keep getting bigger and bigger because we're growing, and, and we're actually, we are getting more and more um, of those donations and, and getting the people to kind of or join the family, join the club, um, be ready. Because I know the groups that I give to, I give to every year, and it's not like I have a ton of money. Mm. But they're, I get their letter, and I, you know, and it's, it's kind of like a, a habit. So. No, and we had a real advantage with our Indiegogo campaign this past season. We were raising funds for Ruby's um, video opera piece called Adam's Run, and part of the video opera was that we are taking it on tour this fall. Um, it's affordable, and we, you know, we know that we have remote fans, and we thought this would be a great way to come to them. So, in advertising the Indiegogo campaign, we were able to reach out to, to totally new bases and say, "We're coming to your city, uh, and if you support us, you know, we'll show up, and and you'll see the piece." And it's a, it was yeah, was a lot of really new relationships that then hopefully will last. Nice. That that's. That that's smart. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. Going, thinking think of it in terms of um, we're going we're going to come to you. We're going to serve you in a way that we typically can't. That's 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 great. Um, so the. Robert, you mentioned this earlier, um, and Elizabeth, I know you you have a copy there. You were you were just the, the front page of Opera News, the the, the most recent edition, correct? Or, it's, it's the most recent for another three days. Right. Um, okay. We only say we're on the cover of Opera News this month for another three days, so I'm saying it's the day. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, we uh, yeah, it was a surprise. We were really surprised. <laughs> the cover was a surprise. The so cover I, was a surprise. So I had, we had been, so we're a member of the New York Opera Alliance. 
Yes. And uh, this man who writes for Opera News, um, Matthew Sigmund, contacted the New York Opera Alliance and said, um, what are the, name us three companies that you think are doing exciting things right now in the field of indie opera. This was an article about indie opera. Mm -hmm. um, and so I went and did the interview at National Opera Center, which is where we do a lot of our rehearsals. And so it was just like, you know, going to our old place. And it was like a cool interview. And then they emailed us saying, um, we'd like to set up a photo shoot. We were like, uh, okay. And the only time that all of us could do it, unfortunately, Bonnie couldn't be there because she's in San Diego. Um, but the only time that all of us could do it was like literally 8 in the morning. And so we all met at 8 in the oh, morning. Like a Tuesday or something. Yeah. Um, before work. And they, but it was like professional hair and makeup and the whole thing. It was the cool. Wow. And then we kind of forgot about it because it was like spring. Yeah. And then about a month and a half ago, my friend who works at the Met um, sent me some Facebook message and he said, Oh, by the way, congratulations on your opera news cover. <laughs> and we were like, <laughs> Um, sorry, what? Yeah, he was like, send me a picture. <laughs> yeah. And it's been a been a crazy whirlwind ever since. I mean, I know personally it's been so interesting because I, knowing what the article was about in the interview, it would not have occurred to me that it would be a cover story because I work in this field and this mm -hmm. all seems very normal. So it, an article about, hey, there are groups in New York doing interesting new things is like, yeah, um, but, but of course we're so insular, and you know there are so many opera news readers across the country and the world mm -hmm. that have no idea. So it was a really wonderful surprise, and we've kicked it into high gear ever since in terms of planning and, and expanding. Um, and nice. it is a real, a real boon to that growth. Well, and in that article, we were set up to be kind of highlighted because the, about the three companies, we're the only one that is an ensemble that commissions its own works. And so we kind of had a different mission statement than the other two. The other two are really great companies that do really great work. And but they're doing work that already, you know, they're doing like Carmen and they're doing some some light opera stuff. And they're doing it really interesting ways. But you know, our ensemble is, I don't want to brag, but I think that we're I think that we're so unique and I'm so proud of us for for being so unique and being the only ensemble that does what we do, that it just kind of made it made it easy for us to really highlight what we do in a succinct way in that article. I'm going to show you the other photo because I'm an egotist. <laughs> um, and just to say, this article is uh, on the Opera News website. It's called Indies Ascending, and everyone should read it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that'll be linked in the show notes. So. Thanks. Awesome. <laughs> well, if I could piggyback off of that just a little bit, yeah. um, since I'm not in the the article, I feel inclined to say say some more now <laughs> about um, like I think it's also it says a lot about where opera is right now as an mm -hmm. art form in the United States, where um, a lot of opera houses are leaning towards always doing something more traditional, and they're always trying to get audiences in. And symphonies are doing the same things. Mm -hmm. And I think what rhymes with opera is is doing is filling this interesting niche where it's like, if we want this art form to continue and to continue growing, then we have to keep uh, building the repertoire and doing new things. And we're sort of filling this in interesting place where we're adding to the culture of opera now as, mm -hmm. as it is in, in really an unusual way, in a very challenging way. <laughs> and we know it's challenging. That's why we're one of <laughs> the few companies probably doing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, I think that's also one of the great things about being on the on the cover of of the magazine is just being able to 
represent making new opera and, and being creative and open-minded about how that could happen. Yeah. Speaking of the, the you know, new American opera and, and the opera scene, what, what are your general thoughts on what's happening right now? With, with there, there do seem to be a lot of small companies doing, doing stuff. What's, what's your assessment of the, of the field right now? I think um, not just opera. I think uh, for the past few years, the the idea um, has really taken hold of just do it yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it, this this is in stark contrast to uh, you know I'm a composer, so uh, the people I've I've studied with, uh, for example, um, is of a generation where you know the the way to get ahead would be an academic job or mm -hmm. a big commission for an orchestra or um, or, or some sort of um, recognition uh, uh, from a more prestigious body uh, mm. th that really propels you and your work. And I think uh, for the last 10 years or so, I would, I would say, in, and in my generation, that that idea um, has really been been challenged in a lot of ways. Um, it, it, it is centered with a lot of people in New York City, of course, um, but but not just. Uh, I think it's all all across the country and and in the world as well, uh, where where people are just making they're just sort of like we're you know we're not waiting for the commission. We're not waiting for me to win a competition. We're not mm -hmm. waiting for the orchestra to call me. Uh, we're just getting five, ten, thirty, hundred people together and just <laughs> just put things on uh, and and then figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and I think that. Sort of um, up upending that model uh, is is really important. Um, one of the you know for example one of the the uh, one of our models I mean one of our sort of uh, uh, idols me and Ruby uh, uh, include groups like Bang on a Can uh, for example and and I'm sure Ruby can speak on that much more uh, and and for me uh, Alarm Will Sound which is a younger group um, a, a chamber orchestra uh, and these are the the we're sort of you know part of that that uh, conversation that's happening. Uh, and if you just take the temperature right now in New York City, uh, there's 20, 30, 40 groups um, that are just doing different things. And mm -hmm. uh, not just new music, although new music is important because uh, if you don't do it, the idea is that really no one else is going to just hand you commissions from here. Uh, so you do it yourself. But uh, in addition, there's so many sort of early music groups, classical music groups. Um, and I think that's been really exciting to be a part of. And to, to speak specifically about opera, I mean, when uh, Robert mentioned the, the New York Opera Alliance, which is part of the article, um, when City Opera folded, there was this general outcry that you know, there was no more opera left in New York other than the Met, and that opera was dying. And mm. a group of about 10 to 15 opera companies in New York were like, hey, wait, um, and realized that there's perhaps a, an outreach issue. So they mm -hmm. came together to form the New York Opera Alliance, and now, as of, as of this writing, um, there are more than 40 opera companies represented wow. on the New York Opera Alliance. That's just New York City. Uh, and they ran their first festival this past um, May and June, which we were a part of. Um, so it's a, there's it just incredible stuff being done and the volume of work that's being done. And like George said, a lot of it is composer-led and singer-led mm -hmm. and instrumentalist-led. And it's huge. I mean, we yeah. just... This is this you know this article is the beginning of making sure everybody knows about that. Yeah, that's that's I fantastic. Mean, Go ahead. Oh, to just think, piggybacking on that a little bit. If you think of how, like, just I don't know how the world has changed. I've been thinking about that a lot, being a new uh, 
being uh, getting into a new semester, teaching younger students, um, it's crazy how different it is for them than it was for me in 1999 mm -hmm. as a college freshman, as a music student. Uh, it, things are so different. Yeah. And one of the things that's really different, I think, is that you can access any information you want <laughs> in in your hands, right? Yeah. And I, I say that this like mentality and way of thinking of the world also extends into how arts organizations are working. Um, so it is, it's more do it yourself. It's more, um, as an old teacher of mine, Dan Becker used to say, I think this is a famous old quote, but if you don't like the news, then go out and make some of your own news. Um, mm -hmm. This is very much a time when opera groups or music groups or anybody can make their own news. And, um, and like George says, you, not waiting around for someone to come and knock on your door. Uh, these new students that I have, they're, they're just it's totally other. I'm still struggling to even on their train, you know? It's just a very different, it's a paradigm shift. Um, and I think for our generation, it's interesting because we kind of have those worlds. Like when we grew up and kind of first, at least when we were in school or just starting college, we were in the old mode, right? Mm -hmm. And now we're completely in the new mode and tr kind of trying to find a way with, with a genre like opera, which is an old genre, which has a lot of older um, patrons and a, such a strong and long and amazing history in that old mode, trying to figure out how, to, how it can exist in the new mode. It's, I mean, it's a fun, it's a huge challenge. We're still mm -hmm. yeah. working on it, but I think that's, um, that's, that's kind of the, the challenge. Nice. Yeah, I, I remember, um, you know, I, I, I ran a, a concert series for a couple of years back in the, um, whenever, 2006 to 2010, and performed some of George's music, um, which was originally written for Robert. <laughs> um, Hard-ass songs, hard, 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 but fun. I really like them. <laughs> One of these days I have to pull them back out. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think that was when a lot of this maybe was, I was just out of college, and I, and I feel like a lot of people were starting to do similar things. Um, so, since this started sort of generally around you know Ruby and George as composers um, putting stuff together, um, that that resonates with me and and my now defunct series. When was it that you started to make the switch to to broadening your support to other composers, and and what was it that 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 helped you to flip that switch. We always have other composers. Well, but yeah. not always, and so I want to defer to George, because Rhymes with Opera started, at, George and Ruby, Rhymes with Opera started as uh, Heartbreak Express and its old guys and Closer mm -hmm. to Mona, and I don't know at what point we flipped that switch, and so I think that we should probably ask. Our, our, okay, so yeah, the first season was, was just music by George and Ruby, and, um, and then I think both of us has always known that commissioning was going to be a part of what we're going to do. Uh, if anything, it's just, you know, we can't write that much music that fast, uh, right? So, and also it's fun to, to try to work with someone um, that we know that we, uh, at the beginning, that we know and, and, and sort of expand our circles that way. So um, our first piece that we commissioned was for the second season that we've done in Rans Opera. Um, and it was um, 
Robert, do you do you not remember? Is that what? Okay, <laughs> you have a you have a glazed yeah, look. No, that was Ruby I and said George. skeleton, but right, I wrote that. Um, it's Book of Gazes. Um, Oh. Jenny Olivia Johnson. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, and and that was sort of a, a turning point for us too, because that became an evening long um, a thing <laughs> we've never done. We you know we we started with a, a concert, kind of a hodgepodge of mm -hmm. you know average uh, fifteen ten to fifteen minute pieces, although Close Mona was a little longer. Uh, and then we jumped in the second year where we're like, okay, like you know, let's do something different here. And mm -hmm. and we asked the composer, and she came back with a with a major piece. Uh, and and we did our best, and we put it on. And um, and even then, uh, we then started com continued commission. So, uh, the, what the about Tom Limbert? I thought that was oh yeah, uh, no no Tom Limbert was was uh, part of Skeleton. The f I think the very first thing we did was Book of Gazes. Although I mean maybe I'm I'm mistaken. Um, but no maybe that's right maybe that's right. But in any case, I mean like that's I think you know for us it was really part and parcel of the process from the beginning um, and and yeah and then we just kind of keep refining it uh, from there cool uh, so so what is it what's your been your experience with uh, commissioning works and, and, and performing all of this how, how do you how do you find your composers that you work with and and, and you know yeah what are some of those experiences like uh, well, I'll start, and then maybe you guys can jump into. Um, so, I mean, uh, from the beginning, we we didn't really know what we're we're trying to do. So we were really just reaching out to uh, me and Ruby's network uh, of people that we know, uh, so that we can sort of I don't know. We know we know who who they are and the kind of work they do, and then also it's an easier way for us to tell them, you know, what what we're working on because it's so unique. Um, it's not sort of like a usual uh, commission, uh, and it has since then evolved into. Um, we just sort of we're completing our first uh, uh, more more public sort of call for call for proposals. Uh, uh, we've experimented with different things uh, in terms of uh, asking for a proposal of ideas, uh, uh, asking for sort of work samples, and also we experiment, experimented with ways of making the the decision uh, as a five person group. Uh, so we 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 experimented with uh, you know yeah and different ways of discussing and figuring out um, um, what's what's needed. Uh, for me, I think part of the turning point was that I, I wanted to involve... Um... New York, yay, sirens. Um, I wanted to involve the, the singers in particular in, in, in trying to... to um, because, uh, you know, if these are pieces that are written for them, um, uh, you know, I I would like buy-in from from the performers <laughs> themselves, uh, and I think that makes for the a more complicated process, of course. Uh, but it's also uh, been I think it's also been rewarding. I mean, personally, so that's 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 my take. Um, yeah, and I mean, if, if I can jump in, I think that in the past, in our our early years, you know, we would get the music maybe a month before the performance, uh, <laughs> get together. We used to. We just put it all together in three days. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. right. Stuff was crazy. Um, but what what that meant was that there was no um, there was no workshopping process, and there was mm. no you know, once the piece was done, that was what we had, and then there was no time to to do anything else with it. And so yeah. we find issues like there are two sopranos. 
uh, often composers would just write for one soprano and one mezzo because that is a more reasonable thing to ask a composer. <laughs> I was always the one who had to sing mezzo. Uh, so <laughs> things we love like, mezzos, by the way. So you know things like that. Well, if that issue comes up a week before the performance, there is nothing that we can do about it. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think something that we're adding the year process, so that a composer has a whole year to write and, and to work with us, and then we do a, a workshop, which is a, we perform the piece with a piano vocal score for the composer, ideally for the director, uh, for the co-artistic director. And then we all have a chance to give feedback, which is really wonderful. So it's singers giving feedback, it's artistic directors giving feedback, and we can identify anything that might be untenable or mm -hmm. um, or things that might be awesome that we could do more of. And then there's another full year to sort of iron out any problems mm -hmm. or, or grow from what they heard about us doing the workshop. And that's been a huge I think a huge help, and it's definitely something we're yeah. prioritizing. One of the things that makes us unique is that we commission for this ensemble, but that's also been one of the things that has sometimes made it challenging. Mm -hmm. We'll often get um, proposals from people that they're like, well, I have this opera that I've written, or I mm -hmm. have this opera idea that is for, I don't know, like people who are not us. Mm -hmm. And they're great ideas, and they're composers that we're really itching to work with. They're mm -hmm. really exciting stuff or already have a and it's kind of been hard to be like, well, this is an awesome idea, but we need to work with you from the seed of an idea through its completion mm -hmm. so that uh, you're actually writing for us because you're writing for an ensemble. Yeah. And of course, the flip side of that is that we are committing to composers before having heard mm -hmm. Right. Because there's no peace, uh, which is really interesting. I mean, we're talking about leaps of faith. like. Whoa! So you know, we don't know what we're gonna get. We're just we're just hoping that our processes uh, are enough. And of course, the people we're working with are fantastic. Uh, and so far, knock on wood, it's all been great. Uh, that's IKEA. Knock on plywood, it's all been great. I'm just kidding. It's not IKEA. <laughs> For the first time in my life, I don't have any IKEA, so. <laughs> Nice. Well, we are we're we're coming up on the hour here. Is there anything that we want to to add to to the conversation? Is there anything that I've missed? Well, I would like to talk a little bit about our upcoming next uh, thing, which yeah. is called the Rhymes Proper Salon. So the salon is um, a gathering that is about that is for um, new musicians, and it's like an opportunity for people to share what they're working on, um, to be a performance in an intimate setting, and, and you know, we build in a lot of time to like hang out. Um, and so it really is like the idea of, of like a Victorian salon or Chabertian, where it is like this social event, but it also features um, um, some intimate performances uh, from new music ensembles. The next one that's coming, we haven't done it in about a year, which is why it's kind of a big deal that it's coming back this fall. Um, and this fall, the, it's all about um, opera companies. We've never, we've always focused on the human voice, but we've never focused specifically on other opera companies. Or opera singing. Mm -hmm. So the four ensembles that are going to be involved are us, uh, uh, Pamela Stein, who's a friend of Rhymes with Opera, Experiments in Opera, which is another group similar to us, but they do kind of different programming. They're just our good friends. Um, and Utopia Opera, which is one of the companies that uh, was featured in the Opera News article with us. They're all super great people. Nice. Uh, it's going to be on November 19th at 730 
at a place called Arts on Site, which is on St. Mark's Place in the East Village. I'm super excited. Nice. That's that's cool. And we'll be, we'll be premiering a new piece there. Oh, right. Yeah. Is it Colin? I don't want to say the names. I think I'm wrong. Yes. Colin Reed. That's yeah. right. It's a piece that Colin Reed wrote for us that we workshopped that we really love. Um, it's beautiful for the three singers. Bonnie, yeah. do you want to? Uh, can someone just take a second to talk about how um, and where if they want to to donate to Rams Opera? Of course. <laughs> are always accepting financial support. Um, yeah, I mean, we, our website is rhymesopera.org, uh, and it's very easy to find the donate button from there. Um, checks and the address uh, to send those to is also on our website. Um, and if you have any questions, we are at info at rhymeswithopera.org, and we would be happy to answer any questions about the ensemble, about donating, about joining our mailing list, which you can also do through the website. We mail about once a month. We don't harass you. We promise. We're very funny. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a uh, you have Facebook and Twitter presences as well. Absolutely, yeah. and YouTube. Nice, y'all like beat me to the punch. I always ask, like, where can people find you? You're you're ahead of the game here, guys. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> uh, so you can really catch some of our uh, interesting stuff that's been posted to our YouTube channel, which is really exciting for me that people can see what we're doing without having to come. But come. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely, I've I've been to uh, a number of your performances uh, recently, and, and they've been a lot of fun and re really, really well done. Um, and I just had a few weeks ago, um, I had Megan Eden on, and I know, she, I know she's worked with you guys. She's, she's fantastic. I was like, I think I, I, I think I want you to be my new best friend. <laughs> she has that effect on people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, well uh, why don't you now that we know where where every, everybody can find rhymes with opera? Uh, where can they find you guys individually? Yeah, um, I always just send people to rhymes with opera because I'm always paranoid that my website is out of date. Um, but uh, ElizabethHalliday.com is is me and Emerging Voices Project, which is a, a duo I have with a saxophone player, a commissioning duo. Nice. And then social media, Elizabeth Halliday. Yeah, I'm on social media. I was joking earlier that I don't have a website because I haven't built it, but I'm not kidding. I don't have a website because I haven't built it. <laughs> and so if you, I'm searchable on Facebook, and I accept basically everyone's friend request. I'm very uh, where do you DJ? I DJ right now. Shh. Uh, right now I have a residency at Barracuda Bar, which is a 22nd and 8th. It's a long, and it's a Chelsea institution. I'm there every Wednesday. You can also find me out on Fire Island. I spend low tea. <laughs> uh, you can find me at BonnieLander.com. Um, and that's, that website is always under construction so <laughs> but there are some some things there <laughs> nice i'm equally easy George. to remember at rubyfulton.com uh and i'm at gtlam gtlam.com just because i didn't want glam.com so <laughs> glam would have been awesome no. it would have been great yeah. 
Um, Might have been taken though. Probably. probably. <laughs> Somebody should snatch that up though. <laughs> well, thank you, uh, all of you, all of you, all five of you for being here today. This was a lot of fun, and and uh, it, it it's nice to know that this can work with a group of people. It's not a, a, a total free for all. Um, you guys have been great, and uh, yeah, is you, blah, 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 blah. You've got the, the salon coming up. Is there another production coming up soon that people should know about? The next production will be Bonnie's in May, and the dates for that, who's got them in their brain? Uh, it's in... The 19th of April, yeah. right, in New York May, City? May. May. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, right. you should double-check that. I'll also say that we're going to have a, a season celebration on October 1st at the Domena Center. Um, nice. Saturday, it's going to be from 6 to 8. Uh, I just, we wanted to get everyone together to, to celebrate the Opera News cover and really our most ambitious season ever last season, which was incredibly successful. Then also we'll be doing some uh, some previewing of our upcoming season and we'll be playing parts of Ruby Fulton's video opera and it's really, just a really, a really great piece. Yeah, uh, so May 19th and 20th is the Lander Improv Opera. Nice. 19th and 20th, right until that one's lies. November 19th. Yep. That's it. Uh, and just a tiny bit more about the spring production. It will be premiering in San Diego on April 4th mm. before it goes to New York City in May. So mm, nice. um, please, you know, keep, keep, keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Well, well, you know, people should should join the mailing list so they can can get that information from you guys and, and, and continue to get information from you. <laughs> So yeah, uh, thanks for being here. Stick around for a minute. We'll go back to the green room. But uh, everyone, thanks for listening today. I know we had, I think we had more live viewers today than than ever before. So I, I should have you guys back more often. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, my little call to action this week, um, if if you've been enjoying the, the podcast and, and you've been getting something out of it, if you, um, wherever you find your podcast and wherever you listen to them, um, if you can rate or review, that would be wonderful. Honest reviews are, are always uh, very welcome, and that, that helps to, to increase the visibility of the podcast so it can hopefully, if, if I'm actually being helpful and not just, you know, like doing this like kind of masturbatory thing, um, then uh, that hopefully I can help some more people that way. Uh, so spread the word. Uh, rate and review if you like it. And uh, thanks for listening. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.